on my mind a lot. Don't need no time, watch. I don't know how I got you in my pocket spot. Yeah, this bay, miss you every day. You like my oxygen. Make it seem like the barging them. Got my heart no barging in. From the bed to the floor to the couch. Might wait the neighbors up. Break you in and break you out. In the end, we gon' make the chow. Then we gon' hit the show. Part two, we don't need no pause. You miss me, we gon' get tipsy. You need a power shot. Copy my steel. Face the fact that ain't no cap, I'm real. Ain't no cap, I'm real. The plastic bars wanna copy my steel. Copy my steel. Face the fact that ain't no cap, I'm real. Ain't no cap, I'm real. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Stogie from the Road. Did you notice the little word I just used there? Morning. Yeah, I'm doing a podcast in the morning. Got my cup of joe. Yum. And uh, I noticed a little something. I was doing my podcast late at night. And, uh, you know, I finish out my day, things like that. And I just noticed that I just didn't feel quite as sharp. I was either tired from the day, jaded from the day, worn out during the day. And I did a podcast the other night. And on occasion, I'd, you know, pour a little glass of something, something. And I had a particularly stressful day the other day. And then I was like, well, I got to get a podcast in. So I did one. And I think I had two glasses of... Um, Johnny Walker, that White Walker stuff, that Game of Thrones, Johnny Walker, pretty good. And I went to bed. I just said, oh, you know what? I, when I typically do a podcast, I'll do it, save it, but I won't upload it. I'll let it marinate and then review it the next day. And depending on how I feel about it, I'll upload it. I cannot upload that podcast. Holy shit. Basically, I got shit-faced and yelled at you guys. Just went off on a rant, a tangent. Everybody can go blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like I've said in previous podcasts, I'm going to take you guys along for the for the journey of, of what I'm going through and, you know, my evolution of fatherhood, manhood, and walking my way through this life. And it's been particularly stressful lately. Uh, this last run that I went on was not not a good one. You know, I'll typically go out for a month, month and a half, two months, worst case scenario. Some are good. Some you make a lot of money and everything just fits like a glove. And the other times you just freaking eat your balls and you can't do anything right. Well, this last one was that. I mean, I just could not do anything right by the time I was two weeks into my month-long run, I felt like I was into the run for two months. I was done. By the time I got home, I was done. Completely done with trucking altogether. Uh, one of the things that I came to the realization with halfway through the run was Bonnie is, is done with it. She... She just has such a better quality of life here at home, playing with Piper and my other dog Nubbins. And, you know, so she gets to play and have fun and take naps and all that stuff here at the house. But she gets in the truck and she just sits in that that seat and sleeps. Having a dog on the road with you is, is a great thing. 
it really helps. Sorry, I'm lighting my cigar here. You're going to hear that on a case. That's the sound of a torch lighting a cigar. So that is going to be residual noise that you're going to hear. Deal with it. The uh, Having a dog on the road with you really, really helps you because it, you know, the lack of human contact on the road wears on a man. Um, I can't speak for women. I'm just primarily this podcast is all going to be through the mind's eye of a man. But the lack of human contact, you know, you end your day and you have your dog there that you love completely and fully, you know, when you cuddle with that dog, that, that fills that void. I've never really driven without Bonnie. Um, so all I know is that. But when I sit and really think about it, it's a miserable existence for her. She goes hours without being able to play, to move around. We're here, she'll sleep for an hour, get up, play with Piper, do whatever. Or every 15 minutes, run, pounce, and play. On the road with me, we stop for 10, 15 minutes, go potty, walk around a little bit, you know, get her out and get her moving around. But the pressures of this job is so much, it's almost like a fucking NASCAR pit stop. So it just, it started to feel cruel. And I could see when you're with a dog 365, you know, it just, you you know. And she wasn't happy. Tail wasn't wagging. I would open the door. She'd just kind of open up her eye and look at me like, oh, hey. But when I'd come home, I would see the dog that I've missed. Just this boundless energy, just excitement trembling happiness so she's done she's done trucking how am I going to do it I have no idea I don't know if I can I really don't you know years ago and this is kind of going to all fall in line with what I'm going to talk about today as far as where the root of our frustrations come from a lot of us men we live in a I guess a rut of quiet desperation as Joe Rogan talks about it. You get stuck in something and you're just like, I can't get out of it. I've never been that type of guy. If I'm not happy, I change it. It's sometimes a painful transition, but it's always been worth it. Um, But years ago, when I first started trucking, I met this pastor. They had a, I guess, in-house pastor that would come in and talk to us and see how we were doing at, at Boy Brothers, which was was pretty unique pretty neat that they would have somebody that actually cared about our mental health and uh he said that i was i was so excited about being in it and he was talking about you know you have wife and kids and i said yeah and he goes worst case scenario look at this as an assignment just this is a part of your life where you're on an assignment and if you decide to get out of it you decide to get out of it you know, there's a lot of people. I've talked to a tremendous amount of people recently, and they're like, you know, I love the trucks, but this is the last fucking thing I want to do anymore. I just don't want to do it. I can't stand it. Some companies understand what we go through as truck drivers. Some companies understand what we do, you know, but at the end of the day, the almighty dollar and the, you know, the return on their investment and 
growth potential of a company and customer satisfaction of the company that all supersedes always always supersedes the mental health and well-being of the truck driver and we as truck drivers we get phone calls you know from dispatch and people and they you know you're really going through it you're really going through it with your family and your finances or your life and your emotional state and then you get a call from a dispatcher that's just barking at you like you are nothing to worry about that is one of the toughest things about trucking you know you're backing out into traffic in the middle of LA you're dealing with an issue with your son you're not making the money you thought you could things are difficult you're not getting paperwork in on time and then somebody calls you up and chews your ass because of one thing and they decide to take their frustration out on you what do you think that's going to do you're going to get both barrels coming right back at you Mr. Dispatcher Mr. Safety Guy Mr. Broker and the driver ultimately eventually quits there are so many drivers that are getting out of this industry right now because it's just not fucking worth it you know I mean it's a good job I'm in love with the trucks I'm in love with you know being out there I'm in love with the pride that I have in doing what I do but on the other side of the coin I am trading that for time with my wife for getting to know my community being a pillar of my community which is essential in manhood being a part of your kids lives being a part of your grandchildren's lives all that stuff and why do we do it I've talked to multiple guys multiple guys and they're all like you know this one guy I talked to recently he's like you know what I missed everything I missed every part of my family's lives but I put my kids through college the bills were paid and on and on and on we go and then his wife passed away a year or so ago he didn't have to say it I could tell you know and it's funny and uh it's kind of like uh, the trucking industry is almost like this Lord of the Flies type of thing. We eat our own. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen an industry to where we eat our young and feed on each other. You know, a guy will leave, and the crew that say that stays, they'll they'll make posts and say things like, "This ain't for the faint of heart. Only the strong can handle this." Really? Really? Only the strong can stay in a world of misery without the fear of stepping out into the unknown and trying something new. It's all perspective. You're going to say you're stronger than a person that says, I'm not happy in this situation so I'm going to make a change and I don't know what's going to happen that's strength in my opinion 
this has been an interesting journey for me as a truck driver. You know, uh, there's a there's a game that I've played my entire life, and it's am I going to play the victim or am I going to play the game? And the victim will sit there and bemoan the negative aspects of their life without making any changes or doing anything about it. And trucking, it's latent with that. And it's been going on for years. Rates, brokers, the rights of the truck driver. And there's a small select community of truck drivers that work diligently and break their backs and sacrifice their life and it consumes their entire life to make a change in the industry while everybody else props their feet up and bitches but they're the strong ones they get upset that there aren't any changes because nobody's doing enough work for them while they do nothing they get mad and they get upset because no changes are being made and no work is being done that makes a difference in the the truck driver's life. It's kind of like the person that's constantly complaining about the meal but never cooks one. So that's why people leave because it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And I, I never thought that I would sit here and I don't want this to be perceived as me throwing my hands in the air, but also on the other side of the coin, it's like the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. You know, uh, you come home, no matter how long you're home, when you know you got to leave, your time at home is somewhat painful because you're like, oh, this is a wonderful day. It's not going to last, though. Coming up on the winter months to where it's just absolute abysmal misery and you're still expected to run, even though you're risking your life riding on roads that are not safe. You know, I had this period that I went through recently that I'm I'm still struggling through, which is coming to grips with change I change in myself and and figuring out um, what I'm going to be doing as far as how I'm going to operate my way through life and it's it's difficult but the amount of ground that I've covered thus far has been extraordinary now when you take an introspective analysis based upon your life and you're doing things the wrong way for so long when you start doing things the right way and you start asking the right questions then your perspective changes and my perspective has changed on trucking. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Well, when you're in an environment to where you're no longer considered needed um, or you're disposable at the, the smallest bump in the road, you kind of go, okay, well, we're out of juice here, I guess. But, based upon the game that I was talking about, am I going to play the victim or am I going to play the game? No, 
I'm going I'm to play the game. And the game is going to be, do I pivot and make a change in my life or do I sit here and just continue on? And I've watched things in trucking to where people have done an extraordinary amount of work and nothing changes. And that, you know, that's par for the course. Okay. That's never changed. But going back to this eating their young type of thing, there's a saying, you know, you can change your environment. You can't change your environment, but you can change your environment. Well, I've done a lot of look into the stoic virtues, which is the opinion of myself being that is all that is required. My opinion of myself is all that is required. Okay. That means, you know, living for the, the future version of yourself, letting him be the ultimate judge, no one else's voice. You know, I was raised to believe that we behave based upon the people's opinion of ourselves. I lived in a very judgmental community to where it was always, you know, what's the neighbors going to think? And I thought that was, I thought that was a good virtue. Don't let your community down. Yeah, you don't want to let your community down, but you're not defined based upon the opinion of your community. You're defined based upon the opinion of yourself. Well, I thought I learned that lesson a long time ago because I've experienced a lot in this life and I've done a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, in this life that I wouldn't have done before if I would have stayed there because I constantly would have believed that that is just not for me. And the way I've lived my life is if I want it, I'm going after it. You know, kind of hold my beer. You know, when people tell me you can't, I'm like, oh, fucking watch me. I'll show you. <sighs> Just you, you remove those limitations. Well, now let's go back to trucking. If you are a truck driver... What is one of the biggest things you deal with? I've said this ad nauseum. I work tirelessly to change the public opinion of the American truck driver. And the shit I get the most from people, or the people I get the most shit from, is the American truck driver. And I know why, and you know why. Even the people that do it know why. You want to do what I do, but you can't. Or you won't. There's a good possibility you could do exactly what I do. Very, very good possibility. But you won't. Um, <clears throat> so I just, I constantly get shit on by people. They look for reasons to um, pick me apart. And uh, recently I gave them a reason. And they they all but danced in the streets to it. Which is fine. Do what you want. I, that literally has no bearing upon what I'm going to be doing and how I'm going to do it. However, I did notice that it was affecting me. You know, it it, it wears you down. You, uh, it just it just becomes a heavy burden. You know, you you remove those limitations from yourself, and one of those limitations is being in a negative environment. You you have to remove it. You have to change your environment. There is no negating what I'm planning on doing with my life. You know. 
my end goal is to eventually build, be a filmmaker. That's what I wanted to do for a while. That's what I've loved doing in my spare time. I get made fun of nonstop for it, which blows my, I don't understand why. Like I'm the first person that's ever made videos. Okay. Tell that to every director of every movie you've ever seen. But you know, people look at me like, well, you're a truck driver. What do you mean be a fucking filmmaker? Well, let me tell you something. There's a thing called the 10,000 hour rule. And it's, uh, I forget what book it's in. I read it years ago, but basically you have to put 10,000 hours in to consider yourself an expert on something, right? Or to master something. Well, I've been doing videos since 2009. I didn't start doing videos when I got my CDL. Stunning how many people know this, but still act like that's the reality. I've been doing these for a very, very long time. I've listened to endless seminars about it. I've listened to the most successful filmmakers. My mindset, the way I... There's a a director that said, you have to think in... To know that you can do it, you have to think in scenes. Well, all my videos, especially the ones I do recently, those have been played out. I've watched the movie of those in my head numerous times. That's why it's easy for me to do these videos because all I got to do is just take the memory from my head of what I feel and build that in the video, you know, and I'm currently working on a documentary right now. And the documentary is in a nutshell, basically the walk of man, the walk of a man through life, through my shoes, the evolution from musician you know, high school athlete, uh, getting in trouble, the ups and downs, the falling, new fatherhood, to kids leaving the nest, to being a business owner, to being a truck driver, to current day, you know, and I feel like this most recent event has been this crescendo of a journey. To where the aha moment has happened. Okay. My purpose has been an evolution up to this point. And then when you realize um, what you truly want to do. Like what has gone from your head of a, of a pastime that you feel that you're good at. And it's gotten better and better and better with every video that you do. To hey, I, you know, I can do something with this. I've had multiple people see some of the videos that I've produced and they're like, you should do this for a living. Well, there comes a time where you have to go. All right, let's slide all the chips across the table. There's no guarantee. There's no plan B and your balls are two inches away from the bandsaw. Just do it. Well, being in trucking, it has been a great resource of compiling footage and seeing life and if you think about it, like if I have this journey up into uh, being a documentary filmmaker, what better way to do an internship on life and documenting it than getting in a 18-wheeler and driving across the country and familiarizing yourself with every walk of life, every part of the country, people from 
coast to coast. You know, I had this, um, I guess, I don't know, political uh, solicitor come by my house the other day trying to get me to vote for this city council person. And they asked, you know, what do you think of the community or whatever? And I said, I'm an over-the-road truck driver, so I see every place. And I said, yes, are there things that change? And yeah, there's definitely could be changed. But honestly, if I were to compare this to every city I've been to, it's all ice cream, just different flavors, but it's all ice cream. You know, some are good, some are bad. I've got to see people in my life in different industries to where I've sat with celebrities that have more money than you can ever imagine and got to see firsthand how miserable some of them are, how disconnected some of them are, how uh, unrealistic some of them are, and how some are grounded. And then you go to the other side of the coin to where I've been in a four by eight prison cell in an institution when I was 19 years old and I would see people that were the worst human beings that will ever walk the face of this earth all the way down to somebody that just made a mistake. It's the same thing. Going to trucking. You see some people that truly love it. They have pride in it. They care about their fellow man. And they're good people in their community and their surroundings. And then I've met some of the most vile, degenerate, scumbag of a human being I've uh, human beings I've ever met. That's the interesting thing about trucking, is that enables uh, some people that have uh, ill intent and they're bad to go throughout the country pop in and out of communities with total anonymity and commit atrocities and never have to be held accountable all the way to just being a foul son of a bitch that people go oh my god I can't wait till he leaves and then he's gone isn't life funny isn't life funny how it's all freaking ice cream now we could listen to this and be like dude you're not going to be happy no matter what you do <laughs> okay it's, it's extraordinary how many um, clairvoyants there are out there that can say what somebody will do and it has worn me down so much in trucking. I have told a couple people recently, I'm like, I have always have had this entrepreneurial spirit. If I can think it, I can do it. If I can think it, I can do it. And then I get into trucking and then I cannot go a fucking day. And man, do I mean it. I can't go a fucking day without somebody telling me that I can't do it, I shouldn't do it, or why the fuck are you doing that? And that erodes your self-confidence. 
And I've had some great people tell me, why do you let it bother you? Why do you let it bother you? Because I'm letting it bother me because this is something that's new for me. I dealt with it to a certain degree when I was younger. But as a relatively established man that has some life experience under his belt, when his peers are constantly nitpicking every single movement he makes and watches his peers, whom he fights for, for a better life for them, put their foot on his neck as soon as he goes down for a, you know, for a three count. Um, God, that it just wears you down. Well, I'm not going to bend on my ambition and my direction. One of the most gut-wrenching things about what I went through recently is that blip of time to where I was like, it's all over. All my dreams are finished. I could never show my face again. I could never do this again. I could never do that. And when I was thinking like that, oh my God. Talk about a toe on the trigger moment of life. Oh my God. It just, when, when your purpose and your dreams and and plans and ambition is gone for a little period of time, that is the closest thing to hell I can imagine on earth. You know? The biggest destructive behavior in men is not booze. It's not women. It's not drugs. It's inaction. It's having potential to do something great and then never fucking doing it because of what? The opinion of others. The opinion of others of people, especially the people that have done nothing, all those do-nothings that I talk about all the time. What do you build your self-esteem around? Do you build it around what you do? Or what people say that you do. Because if you do that, then again, like I said, you will watch people erode your self-esteem. But if you get up, like I do when I come home. I come home, I'm focused, I'm driven, I lock myself away. I don't take phone calls really to any certain degree. And I just put myself in the studio and I say, I'm going to build this to where someday this is going to be my life. Someday my commute is going to be down the hallway. These videos that I make, are they're my paintings. They're what my feelings look like. That's why I take it so personal when somebody calls me up and says, just stop doing your stupid fucking videos and drive the damn truck. Oh, okay. I'll do you one better. How about I stop driving the truck and I start doing the videos? Because that's the way I'm wired. You're not doing yourself any favors by putting that choice across the table with me. Does it sound like I'm quitting trucking? Fuck yeah, it sounds like I'm quitting trucking. Am I quitting trucking? I don't know. I have no idea. Am I cut out for trucking? I don't know. Are you? There's a lot of people that think they're cut out for trucking, but they do nothing but spread discontent and misery everywhere. I don't think that makes you a top contributor in an industry that you're in. 
when everybody's life is more miserable when you exist. But what the fuck do I know? I don't have 25 years experience behind the wheel. And a fun fact for you, and I'm, I'm not trying to make this podcast confrontational, but it's an opportunity for me to say my side. Because everybody swirls their opinions around in these private chat groups to where they talk and I'm the subject of and I'm not privy to said conversation. This is something you can all pass around amongst yourselves in your spare time. I don't put a lot of value in the opinion of somebody as far as my arena of what I want to do and what I want to go into to somebody who's put their value, <clears throat> their summarization of their time into one item that doesn't even connect. Would a doctor or a person that is wanting to be a doctor listen to what a truck driver has to say about what the doctor should do with his life? No. So why would a, a budding artist slash hopeful filmmaker listen to somebody whom doesn't even know how to take a selfie properly say what I can do or what I can't do and some of you guys you act like this <clears throat> my intentions of what I want to do and you're listening to this and you're scoffing at it and making fun of it or whatever you, <clears throat> you guys act like it's this is some sort of esoteric thing that just is not applicable in society and nobody has done it I mean, it <laughs> you've never been inside a movie theater well, you're always wanting attention. You're always looking for an audience. You ever seen Martin Short and Steve Martin live? They all but tap dance their way into every room singing Broadway. And they're millionaires and wildly successful and loved by many. They spread happiness and they spread joy and laughter. Kind of like what I used to do with TikTok. I saw some of the comments during my little kerfuffle and people were talking saying, you know, what a pathetic piece of shit riding the coattails of a dog. <laughs> yeah. Cause Bonnie has her own phone plan and that she would, she would be uploading all the TikToks. She doesn't need me whatsoever. A lot of these, I'll just call them what they are. Losers would come up and they would make these comments. Nobody gives a shit about you. They just care about the dog. Okay. As opposed to what? All the people that give shit about you? The mark you've made in your life? The good that you've done? Do you know how many kids I've helped with my videos and my dog and my truck? How many smiles of children... I had 146 kids come to my house for Halloween to see my truck. I had 30 some kids come to my house with their parents just to see my truck one day when I opened it up randomly to my community. I've sent care packages to young men. I've sat and mentored the young men, talked to them about the things that I know. Yet you, 
the truck driver that harasses waitresses and beats on your fellow co-workers, you're the one who's right. I should just stop what I'm doing and follow your lead. And we wonder why there's no solidarity in trucking. And you wonder why all the truck drivers don't, in unison, turn their keys to the left and stop for three days and set this industry on its ass for the greater good. Because you live your life for that one paycheck. And I'll tell you right now, I've trucking to me has made me enough money to live comfortably for a week or two. I have not gotten rich by it. You know, but that's not the company's fault and that's not, you know, that's not anybody's fault. That's mine. One, because of the way I run and two, because of other things that are priorities to me as well. <laughs> like taking my dog out for a walk so she's not doesn't atrophy inside the truck. It's a big crossroads I'm at right now. And like I said, I'm going to be an open book throughout. Oh, you're just a quitter. A quitter on what? A trucking industry that doesn't love you back? Or a believer in myself saying, you know what, I deserve better. I'm a quitter if I don't quit the trucking industry, but I do quit on myself and my dreams and hopes for having a life of substance. It's all about the friends you hang out with. That's the thing I say all the time that I got from Mr. Dan Pena. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I talked to somebody recently whom I thought was my friend. I really, really thought he was my friend. And I come to find out, one, during my difficult period of my life I had recently, that I talked to him about very personal stuff and um, exposed some deep vulnerabilities that I had. It just became a topic of conversation with another driver. Before the other driver was telling me all about stuff that I've only told him. And that same driver that I confided in, I told him about my dreams of, of doing this documentary. I'm doing this documentary that I'm really going to, this is going to be my Mona Lisa, right? And he goes, why do you do what you do? Why do you, why is it always going to be a cause with you? Like, you just, you're just, why can't you just, just do your job, you know? And as he spoke, every word that he spoke, you know, I defended myself to the best of my abilities. But then I, in the midst of conversation, I was like, I'm, I'm not even going to defend myself. Because I had that moment where I go, oh, you're a bad friend. Whether you believe in what I'm doing or not, as a friend... You talk to me about, okay, this is what you want to do. Have you thought about this? This could be good. This could be bad. You're going to do this. So you're going to want to avoid X, Y, and Z. But no. Just shit all over it. Wiped his feet all over it. 
I've had people to wear uh, this one guy. I talk to him all, you know, every once in a while, but it's always, you know, he'll reach out when things are kind of up in the air, something bad's happened or whatever. He'll talk to you like he is your brother. He will hands down talk to you like he is your brother. But the second you turn around, he will stab you in the back. He does not have his own team. He plays on everybody's team. He stands for nothing. Rolls with anything. And I kind of have this this philosophy of if you're friends with every single person that you meet, like every single person, I can't trust you. Because it just tells me you don't stand for anything. You know? Do you not stand for anything? Do you not have anything that you'll real, you know, any hill that you're willing to die on? I've not given up on, and I've said that, I've used that phrase, you know, this is the hill I'm willing to die on. I made a promise to myself that I was going to get the public's attention as far as what truck drivers go through. And just because my fellow truck drivers have given up on me, I'm not going to give up on them. I'm not going to follow suit with their shit. I'm going to do this documentary. And I am going to get people to see the real side of what goes on in trucking. And it's not the traffic. People just roll their eyes now when people, they talk about the downsides of traffic and, you know, rates and all that stuff. People in the news, they don't, they don't listen to that. They're like, yeah, no, well, okay, find a different job then. They don't care. That is white noise to them now. What they don't know is the driver that cannot leave that job. And he knows that his company knows that you're fucked if you leave here. You need us because you don't know anything else. So you're going to miss Christmas this year. You know that, right? You're going to be out the entire month of December. And maybe we'll get you home two days after the holidays. We're going to squeeze that one load in before you go home. That's going to make you late. People don't know that that entire month of December, where you would be home listening to Christmas music in the house with your wife and your kids... You purposely go out of your way to make sure that Christmas music does not come up on your radio while you're driving. And then when you drive by Christmas lights, either you have this sinking feeling in your chest or you train yourself not to look at them. And when you drive through those main drags through towns to where you go past restaurants on a Friday night and you're ending your day and you're just looking for that parking spot that's probably 45 minutes up the road at the rest area or the on-ramp, that you're going past restaurants and you're seeing husbands opening doors for their wives. And you know that they're going to go dine together and he's going to gaze across the table into her beautiful eyes. And then they're going to go home and spend the evening together and wake up in each other's arms. And you know... You're going to sit on the end of a lonely bunk, eating ramen noodles, getting up in the morning, eat some oatmeal, listen to the radio, and start your day in silence. 
You've seen the truck drivers in the truck stops. They're talking to themselves. Getting in violent confrontations. Because they've... Want to go home so bad. They can't. You've seen truck drivers, or you've met truck drivers, they don't even have a home. They live in their truck. And every day is like that movie Groundhog's Day. Same thing. Same bunk. Same life. Same view through the steering wheel. Same conversation with themselves or their fellow drivers every day. It is such a lonely existence. That driver deals with everything from Driver Appreciation Week where the company has a party for everybody that lives locally. And you get to see on Facebook office staff and local people eating barbecue and celebrating and kids having a good time. And and you don't get to be a part of it at all. You're eating a freaking roller hot dog from Love's. And then you got to get your ass moving. You're talking to dispatch on the phone and they're asking you during Christmas time, all right, you're going to be there at such and such time? Good, okay. All right, let me know when you get delivered. Let me know when you get empty and I'll get you reloaded. I'm not going to be here. I'm leaving early on blah, blah, blah for the holidays. And you know they're beating feet out the door. They're going home to their families and they're going to have a, you know, some drinks and some good food and they're going to listen to Christmas music and all that good shit. And you are going to be fighting the snow across your windshield, the wet roads, the icy roads. Hell, the fear of not making it home because you jackknife or you go off the road. It's all the shit nobody talks about. It's more than the rates. It's more than the ELDs. It's more than the speed limits. It's more than the safety meetings. It's more than all that. It's the decay of your self-esteem. It's saying goodbye to what you used to dream about as a future. Like laying it to rest. Like you're mourning it. You know, this, this guy the other day said, well, what about military families? Okay, I'll meet you on that front. Military families. Yeah. They say goodbye to their soldier, and there's a possibility he might not come back. But there's a hopeful light at the end of that tunnel. Say he's got to do a two-year tour overseas. Okay, in two years he'll be home, God willing. We all could die tomorrow, whether it be in a gunfight in Afghanistan, on the side of the road changing a tire on our way to work in our cubicle. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel for those people. Well, what about the businessmen that travel 364 days out of the year? Okay, I'll meet you on that one too. He gets to have a conversation with people in business meetings or cab rides or in the airport. He gets to sit at the hotel room bar and have a conversation with somebody, even if it's the bartender. The truck driver has none of that. If he fully commits to trucking the rest of his life, that's a life sentence. That's a death sentence. The rest of his life, he will never get to be around people again. He'll never get to talk to people. 
on a day-to-day basis. Some truck drivers go days, if not weeks, without having a conversation with a single person, much less be in somebody's presence or to have the embrace of a woman. Everybody's like, oh, truckers are just nothing but dirty, cheating pieces of shit that have women in every town. Okay. That's true to a certain degree. Why do you think that is? Because you ask that driver to build a life for everybody but himself. To sustain a life for everybody but himself. He is just to exist. To pay for another day. It's not natural for a man to be out on the road and not have the sanctuary of somebody to tell him that he's doing a good job, that he's going to be okay. And I'm not using my marriage as an example per se. I'm just saying I can relate. I had my moment. And based upon the reflection of that, that's what I came up with. And that's where that came from. You ask for a man to sacrifice everything, every aspect of his life, for the purpose of sustaining others. And then you vilify him for asking for something in return which is a basic necessity that most people thrive for, which is companionship. You know? Not justifying it, so please don't think that. It was wrong. It is wrong. What you should do when you hit that crossroads, instead of hurting the people that you love, you do the hard work, which is make the change that needs to be made to continue on a virtuous life, a life of value, life of dignity, integrity, and substance. You don't sit in dirty bath water. You don't sit in your own filth. You get off your ass and you change your fucking life. If you're miserable, change it. If you work with people that treat you like dog shit, you leave. If you work in an industry that is fucking killing you, you leave. If you're in a relationship that is abusive and horrific, you leave. Sitting in mediocrity is the easy part. So don't you fucking dare tell me only the strong can handle this shit. Only the strong survive. I mean, you can if you want. That's your prerogative. You can say what you want, believe what you want. I intend to do the same. But I will tell you this. I've been here before. I've implemented this scenario before. 
and I achieved a lot. And I've only just begun. And I've been doing nothing but honing my skills at doing so. So continue to have your opinion. Call me what you want. Do whatever you want. It is of no concern to me. The only thing I'm concerned with is getting what I need to get done, done. And then we'll see where we land. We'll see at the finish line. So with that being said, folks, I'm going to bid you farewell for the day. And I'll probably have another one coming up here in the next day or so. And I've got a lot more content coming out. But I want to thank you all that support me. I checked the analytics recently on uh, the platform that hosts my podcast. And I could see, I could literally see where each and every one of you listen to me at. And a good bulk of it is in the United States, but the number two spot, I believe, was Belgium. We've blown up over there. All over the country, South Africa, United Kingdom, India. When I saw that, that gave me so much hope. For you people, you have inspired me to continue on. Because you'd be stunned at the the ration of shit I get from the people that are around me close by. You get caught in that echo chamber. But not anymore. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you all that support me from wherever you're coming from. Thank you. I can see you, and I appreciate it. And I will continue on, and I will give this everything I got my best efforts but like I said I'm going to be an open book take you all along for the ride during this journey of from here to my destination on where I'm going so as always I hope you're happy healthy loving and living life and old Bonnie and I'll see you on the back home giddy up yeah Got a story to tell I know they want me to fail If they throw me into a cell I know why she paying the bill Cause I can afford to be quiet My city is dying and children are crying Be alert not devour The enemy's prowling you just like a lion But we got the keys I promise you Hold on to the peace inside of you No I'm not alone You're not alone You got an army who follows you It's time to rise up Lift your eyes up Yeah hope is on the way uh, And we gon' be the change we are unrestrained. Yeah. I'm not alone. I'm never alone. My family's with me. Wherever I go, let's be the change that we wanna see. We're taking a stand for what we believe. Yeah. When I'm in doubt, I'ma pray it out. Believe in that name, so I say it loud. School system wanna take it out. Then wonder why no one behaving now. These are days for my generation. Feel like we living in revelation. We gotta share it, that's salvation. A world with no savor, devastation. What is a voice if you never use it? Never use it. Uh, don't abuse it. I am not writing for your amusement. 
Deeper than rap, this is more than music I know what teams who keep cutting their wrists How can I flee when I'm taking a risk? If we ever gonna deal with it Gotta stop pretending and be real with it And be real with it It's time to unite, yeah hey, It's time to unite This world is so dark Together we shine like 4th of July hey, If you stand for nothing Then you'll fall for anything We will not fall by any means I promise you put that on everything I'm not alone I'm never Change that we won't see. We're taking a stand. What we believe.